Suffering, it's your boy Marty here to introduce this rip of TFTC. This is brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. They're right down the offices here from the Bitcoin Commons where I am in Austin, Texas. And they have an IRA product. If you're not using it, if you have an IRA, if you're looking to transition your IRA into Bitcoin, you also want the ability to hold your own keys. Unchained's IRA product is ideal for that. And they have the team to make it happen if you're saving Bitcoin for the long term. It's worth considering saving in an IRA, which allows you to save Bitcoin on a tax advantage basis. Unfortunately, most Bitcoin IRA providers require you to give up control of your keys. If you've ever listened to my show, you've probably heard me talk about the dangers of not your keys, not your coins. Unchained Capital offers a solution that make it simple for you to set up a Bitcoin IRA while keeping control of your Bitcoin keys. Through Unchained, you can take care of everything you need to set up a Bitcoin IRA, including the paperwork purchasing Bitcoin, setting up a cold storage vault in your IRA's name, and putting the keys in your hands to fund the IRA you can easily transfer from an existing retirement plan or start a new IRA from scratch with traditional and Roth IRAs available. Learn more by scheduling a complimentary consultation. A member of Unchained's team will be happy to walk you through the available options and answer any questions. Schedule your consultation today at unchained.com slash IRA. Tell them a TFTC sent you. This rip was also brought to you by good friends at Brain. Brains. Brains is doing incredible things. They're bringing you Brains OS Plus firmware, which is going to allow you to produce more hashes with your ASICs. If you have an ASIC that is compatible with Brains OS Plus firmware, it's an auto-tuning firmware. It allows you, again, to produce more hashes and therefore stack more sats. If you have an ASIC that's compatible and you're not using Brains OS Plus firmware, you are leaving sats on the table. It's as simple as that. Go to brains.com, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. Go to their Brains OS Plus firm, firmware page. See if your ASIC is compatible with it, and if you can download it on your ASIC, do so today. Brains is also the team behind Slush Pool, the oldest Bitcoin mining pool in Bitcoin's history, the first and the oldest. Uh, if you use Brains OS Plus firmware and you point your hash at slush pool you're going to get zero percent pool fees you don't have to put your hash at slush though you can point it wherever you want um they also got insights.brains.com go check out everything they have going on at brains incredible team incredible products if you're a miner you don't know what brains is what are you doing what are you doing go check them out brains.com b-r-a-i-i-n-s.com this was also brought to you by our good friends at hodl hodl who will be hosting the baltic honey badger conference in riga latvia Later this year, I just recorded with Matthew Mazinkius, who lives in Riga, Latvia. He will be there. Uh, this is one of the most high-signal conferences in the world. It's September 3rd and 4th in Riga. There will be outside satellite events going on throughout the whole week. They just announced yesterday that Jack Mallers will be speaking. I will be there. I believe Michael Saylor is going to be there. I might have misspoke, but I think he's going to be there. Go to BalticHoneyBadger.com to get your tickets today, and then go check out Everything Hoddle Hoddle has on the product side, which is their peer-to-peer Bitcoin exchange at hoddlehoddle.com. And then they have a peer-to-peer lending platform, both products, no KYC, no AML. The lending platform is lend.hoddlehoddle.com. You can use your Bitcoin as collateral to get stable coin loans. Last but not least, new sponsor, very happy, very honored to have these guys on board. Uh, this trip was also brought to you by our good friends at Upstream Data Inc. If you're a miner, whether you be a individual mining at home or a utility company or oil and gas company mining at 
your utility center or upstream at the well pad. Upstream data is a manufacturer and service provider focused on building portable Bitcoin miners. They've been around since 2017. Steve Barber, the founder, is considered the godfather of oil and gas mining. They build, I am a happy customer. I have a hash hut that I'm using uh, off-grid, using a stranded natural gas well somewhere here in the United States. The uptime, I can say this as a customer, the uptime for the hash hut has been impeccable. The only time we've ever had downtime with our hash hut is when we've needed to change the oil. And it's down for 45 minutes. We change the oil, we plug it back up. I don't think we've actually missed a block yet with our hash shut. The uptime's impeccable. Uh, they specialize in upstream oil and gas mining. They build portable Bitcoin mining enclosures for all applications. They build natural gas Bitcoin mines for the oil and gas industry. They have at home, again, and small scale mining with their black box, which solves the problem of managing heat by enabling mining outside. Uh, your home, it solves noise problems by suppressing sound. This black box does, and it solves for fire hazard problems with fire resistant box and insulation. Uh, and then again, they have industrial mining uh, with their hash hut data centers. Uh, it can be modular. They can manufacture in 90 kilowatt increments up to 900 kilowatts per container. That's almost a megawatt, but hold a lot of miners in it, a lot of ASICs. It's built in a passive heat recirculation for cold weather. Uh, they have soundproofing attachments to make sure that you're being a good neighbor. So you can go check this out at www, everything they have going. If you're a home miner, if you want to mine at home, you want to get those no KYC, no AML Bitcoin and control your ASIC at your house. They have the black box. If you're upstream oil and gas, they have their hash huts. Again, it can scale up to 90 kilowatts. I am a very happy hash hut customer. I'm not using a 90, excuse me, a 900 kilowatt uh, hut, but I uh, am very happy with my hut. Again, the uptime has been impeccable. Go to www.shop.upstreamdata.ca www.shop.upstreamdata.ca for black box and ASIC scales. Uh, if you want to <coughs> if you want to get uh, a percentage off of those bundles, use the code FREAKS, F-R-E-A-K-S um, and then add them uh, this is me doing a live ad read. This is, we're making sure that Freaks is up and live. I'm pretty sure that it is. Um, so reach out to the Upstream Data team if you're looking for a black box, if you're looking for a hash shut for as a utility or an oil and gas operator who wants to take advantage of stranded and wasted natural gas. Uh, tell them the TFTC sent you. All right. They're, they have a form if you're, especially if you're doing the, uh, oil and gas and utility mining. Uh, they have a form that you'll fill out. And they'll say, how did you hear about us? Please click TFTC. Let them know that we sent you. Again, upstream data. Steve Barber, godfather of natural gas mining. Hashut, incredible product. I'm a user myself. Haven't got my black box yet. Can't wait to get it though. I will get one eventually. Enjoy the strip, freaks. <laughs> You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. That's <laughs> uh, what is up, freaks? I don't know if we're live right now. We don't have car in the office today. He's down in Mexico, 
doing some scouting for the next Bitcoin Plus Plus conference. Let me uh, just check Twitter to make sure the tweet went out. Um, da, 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 yeah, we're live. Sorry for that dead air, freaks. Sitting down with Tyler Campbell, the technical director of the con concierge onboarding team at Unchained Capital. We'll get it out of the way in the first sentence. Disclaimer, sponsor the podcast and the newsletter. And, I mean, it's known if you're a freak. We mentioned you many times. This is the creator of our beautiful intro to TFTC. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to say, this is uh, coming in after the intro or intro for folks listening uh, after the live recording. So it's kind of a surreal honor to be on. Thank you for having me. Well, it's an honor to have you on, sir. Pull that mic a little closer to your face. We just did a mic check. There we go. Like this? A little yeah, bit better? Perfect. 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 Why the hell did you make an intro for us? Man, that was, it was before COVID too, which is the craziest thing before, uh, before the clown world really started its rise. Um, it was February of 2020. And there was that really bullish clip on CNBC. And I was listening to RHR uh, back living up in Minneapolis at the time. And I remember Matt specifically, you know, when you listen to audio podcasts and like you kind of have the memory of where you were and what you were doing. Mm -hmm. So I remember I, I, was, uh, I was driving home uh, from work and I was listening to Rabbit Hole Recap and I heard Matt say, we really need an intro for the pod. We need somebody to splice up that CNBC uh, clip make an intro for us. I'm like, all right, well, you know, like, don't have anything better to do tonight. I'm going to get some uh, good craft brews uh, out of my favorite brewery in Minneapolis and open up GarageBand. And uh, one thing led to another, made the intro. I think I tweeted it at you originally. Um, yeah. Technical director of the concierge team, an incredible audio engineer. Audio, yeah. Uh, GarageBand audio engineer by night. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Thank you for the intro. People love it. Oh man, it's, it's really cool. It's a, uh, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that I mentioned it on concierge onboarding calls. If folks are fans of TFTC and I'm like, Hey, you know, by the way, just so you know, and uh, everybody, everybody loves it. Um, which is kind of cool conferences. Like I, I've, I've used it as a shilling point. So, yeah. I mean, and you're one of the Bitcoiners made the great migration to Texas to come from Minneapolis to Unchained Capital, particularly you and Cam. Yes. Come top of mind. Is it just you two from Minneapolis here? Oh, we have a, we have a squad. Um, now some folks are still up in Minneapolis, um, but we do have uh, Rocky on the business development team too, over in Dallas. Um, yeah. Making the migration down to Texas. I think there's going to be more on the way too, um, but there's a strong contingent of Minneapolis Bitcoiners. So shout out to Brandon Quidham uh, for running the Minneapolis meetup up there. It's incredibly high signal. Um, it's not, you know, it's evolved from just a small group of guys in a, a brewery uh, talking about Bitcoin to, you know, a large meetup, um, usually 60, 70 headcount um, and growing. The Telegram group is growing. I'm still a part of it. You know, they've, I think they've grandfathered me into still staying in the Telegram group. Um, but it's great. I mean, topical conversations, right? Uh, how to run a node, how to work a cold card, like these meetups compounded over time um, really contribute to people's education for sure. Yeah. I mean... We've been beating the drum here for quite some time. If you haven't gone to a local Bitcoin meetup, get on it. And if you don't have one, start one. These things, uh, this is how the grassroots movement happens. Totally. It, yeah. And it's, uh, it's been beautiful to see proliferate. I mean, we had somebody have a shout out on RHR yesterday that's starting one in Lemmington in 
<laughs> Warwickshire, Warwickshire in the Midlands in, in the UK. Very nice. Yeah, as you know, I'm not very good at pronunciating. You know, after, after years and years of listening to TFTC, yeah, I'm going to try to get you to say certain words. <laughs> no, <maybe> please <laughs> don't. Please don't. That's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, my girlfriend the other day was trying to, she was having trouble saying uh, uh, apocalyptic. She said apocalyptic. I'm like, that's a Marty. That's a different, I can say apocalyptic. Apocalyptic. That has, that's actually a word, right? Is it? I don't I know. I think so. I don't know. She said it. I'm like, wait a second. Is that an actual word? Um, but speaking of her, she uh, came to her first bit devs, not last night, but last month. Uh, so slowly starting to get interested in uh, Bitcoin as well. So like taking it basically out of, uh, out of work into home life as well. How's that been? How has your girlfriend viewed your obsession with Bitcoin throughout the duration of your relationship? Did you move her down here from Minneapolis? No, no, she's uh, she's actually from um, East Texas. She uh, grew up uh, east of Texas and went to Denton uh, for university. So I met her down here, um, completely new to Bitcoin before we started uh, before we started seeing each other. But she's like been fascinated by it. Um, wants to buy Bitcoin. So every time we go out to dinner and do certain things. Um, she does like to, you know, every once in a while, split the bill and do stuff like that. And if I pay her back, I set her up on Blue Wallet, so I'll pay her back with Sats. I'm like, you don't know it right now, but these are like KYC free Sats. So this is the best way for you to be getting Bitcoin. Um, but she has an Unchained Capital shirt. Uh, came to first Bit Devs, and she was listening to Buck Purley talk about Merkle trees, and she's like, I don't know what y'all are saying, but the fact that all you guys care this much about it uh, really, you know, means something. So it's kind of cool. How was, uh, how was BitDevs last night? Were you here? I was here. I was uh, actually squirreled away in our suite across the hall uh, working on some stuff, um, trying to make our processes and procedures on uh, the concierge team um, just smooth as butter. So, Well, you guys got to strike while the iron's hot here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's been... I mean, it's been a long time coming. Everything that we're seeing now play out over the past couple of weeks even. Um, I mean, it just reemphasizes the message, hold your own keys, right? Not your keys, not your coins. It's, you know, not to dovetail into like a uh, an anecdote or, you know, take time away from, I don't know if you're going to ask something specific, but I have a story about Bitcoin 2022 that like... Is, <laughs> is a, it the same yeah. story I'm thinking about that I was involved in? No, it's not that. I wanted to bring that one up. Definitely. Yeah, definitely bring that one up. Uh, there was, uh, we were at the Unchained booth at Bitcoin 2022, though. Folks come around, um, of course, you know, crypto people come around. And that's that's also the opportunity to educate, tell them, you know, Phil Geiger's line of, uh, you know, if you actually want to better secure your, your whatever token, just upgrade it to Bitcoin first and then secure it in multisig and you're going to be good. So we were talking, I was talking to this one uh, individual. And I said, you know, basically talking about concierge, uh, about two of three multi-sig, how that, you know, gets you one step closer to kind of our suite of financial products. And he really dug into the multi-sig and he's like, so you hold your, can you earn a yield? I was like, well, you know, your yield, as you and Matt have said so many times, you know, when you hold your own keys, your yield comes in the form of increased purchasing power over time, right? I mean, that's, that's how you need to think about it. That's a mental model you need to use. And he, and I said, just casually, I'm like, you know, not your keys, not your coins. And this guy looks at me and he goes, I thought that was like a 2015 thing. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's earlier than that. I, I, but like, I just didn't know what to say. Cause one, it's earlier than that Two, Like, it's not a fad. It's not like a, that just, it's not like a passing thing. Um, yeah, so, this isn't Ethereum. It's not like the world computer to ultrasound money. Like these, right. what we say here, uh, has staying power, right? Oh my God. 
out. I was like, that was a moment where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back to the hotel, just, you know, stare maybe at the ocean for a little bit, <laughs> think about <laughs> it uh, before getting back out there and educating folks. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the story with you is pretty cool though, too. That was awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you listened to RHR from yesterday yet, but we talked about it because obviously with everything going on with Celsius this week, you're going insolvent and people are learning the hard lesson of mm -hmm. not your keys, not your coins. Tyler and I were on the same flight from Austin to Miami for Bitcoin 2022 this year. And we were staying uh, at hotels that were right next to each other. So we decided to Uber together from the airport to the area where our hotels were and we're sitting there waiting for our Uber and some random gentleman comes up to us and says, hey, are you guys going down to the South Miami area for Bitcoin 2022? We're like, yeah. He's like, can I hop in your Uber? I'll pay you in sats. And so we did that. Uh, I, oh, yeah. I paid for the Uber. You fucked up paying me in sats originally. What happened there? <laughs> I was going to say, man, I hope he doesn't bring up that side of things. I, uh, oh, this is sacrilegious. Matt's going to be somewhere like face palming if he listens to this. He's going to pay me over Blue Wallet Lightning. Yeah, I, I paid you over Blue Wallet on chain, and that was where I messed up, mm. uh, which is, you know, just embarrassing after the fact. <laughs> but but it was cool to run into a Bitcoiner um, who, like, had Lightning ready to go. Um, he used Strike to pay me. Which was, that's pretty sweet, um, yeah. honestly. You know, maybe a lesson in there about not just letting a random person hop in with you in an yeah. Uber, but... Especially at a Bitcoin conference, but whatever. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, we could tell he was good people. You have that, like, fifth sense, right? Mm -hmm. Um the sat sense and you, you pick up, he was a good person. Uh, Navy. Interesting conversation, the whole ride uh, down to South beach too. Yeah. Navy veteran. But yep. part of that conversation was him explaining how he was using Celsius and I believe Nexo's yield products yes. to produce income to live off of. Mm -hmm. and so with all this stuff going on with Celsius blowing up and going insolvent, it seems uh, I did think of that gentleman this week because I remember we politely try to be like, hey, man, you probably shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And it's, that's where, like, and like you said, for an income, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's crazy to me. Um, and we did try to politely, you know, uh, put on shill mode uh, or just orange pill as, as much as possible. But uh, I thought about him too, actually, because uh, we had that conversation. And he did mention both Celsius and I think Nexo as well. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, a couple nights ago, Tuesday night of this week, um, I hopped into a Celsius Twitter spaces. I don't know if you've done that yet. I haven't done it. I've so, heard I've heard they've been pretty insane though. I mean, you know how like when a car crash happens, you kind of have to like look at it. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought this was going to be. I saw, you know, when you follow certain individuals and you look up top on the Twitter spaces, you can see who else is in the room. So I saw like Rodolfo was in there. There's some other Bitcoiners in there. So I'm like, oh, interesting. I'll join. And for like a sliver of hope was like, I was going to join Maybe it was folks saying, you know, well, should I buy a Trezor or a Ledger or how do I secure my stuff a little bit better? Uh, I was sorely mistaken. Um, you get in there and it, it's folks talking about... Uh, Corey Clipston. And yeah, they're blaming Swan, blaming Corey. It's like, you know, personal responsibility um, kind of goes hand in hand with holding your own keys. Extreme ownership. It is extreme ownership. It's, you know, it, it, people were more concerned about their rewards every Monday and that, you know, Celsius is doing right by the community and working day and night. And it's, uh, there was not a sliver of like extreme ownership, you know, demanding answers to like, you know, thinking about, okay, what do we do going forward? Um, which really just was like, wow, uh, reinforces, you know, and I didn't want to listen to that and get 
Because, you know, you don't stay at the car crash. You eventually leave and let the paramedics do their thing. So I left that spaces. Um, and I didn't want to leave demoralized. It just kind of, you know, reinvigorated me, right? We get to come to work day in and day out and set people up with private keys who are either, uh, you know, have had hardware devices and just maybe they're gathering dust in their closets or, you know, they they got them new and they need to know how to use them. We get them set up with private keys and that like, there's a feeling you get when you do it. You know the feeling when you move sats to cold storage yourself, you kind of have that magic moment that product people talk about, whether you're like, you know, first night in an Airbnb or something, you get that magic moment. You feel that when you move your own sats to cold storage. And then we kind of have a little cheat code because we get to feel that on the concierge team every time we help somebody set up a vault. Um, it's incredible. It's really, really fun. I mean, that's why hundreds and hundreds of individuals, you know, that I've helped to set up, each one is awesome. Um, and I just know in the back of my mind, hopefully that person is not going to end up in that Celsius Twitter spaces one day. You yeah. Know? So what is the typical user experience of onboarding to the con- via the concierge service to, to an Unchained Vault? Or maybe before that, for anybody, I mean, we've talked about it a bunch of times on the show, but getting new listeners every every week now, every episode. So before we get to the onboarding experience, probably important to explain exactly what the vault is, why mm-hmm. you guys decided to choose this particular model of collaborative custody and, and how you think it benefits your clients. Totally. Um, and before I dive into that, I've, I've thought about asking you this because you've been having this, I mean, this podcast, Marty, this is like a huge component of why I have like learned about Bitcoin to the degree I have like the technicals, sure. I maybe more like books like Programming Bitcoin by Jimmy Song and these really good technical resources. Um, but how to think about why Bitcoin is important. TFTC has been like at the cornerstone of that. I have like Thank you. bought books that have written by your guests. I have, uh, you know, sent podcast episodes to relatives and friends and family, even if it's not Bitcoin specific. Uh, when you have David Column on, that's like really interesting stuff. So everything you've been doing has been fantastic over these you know, past number of years. I wanted to ask you in the context of private keys, knowing your audience, because uh, it includes me and, and, and other folks um, who I see a lot, how, how, what percentage would you give uh, to your audience members who like hold their own keys to their Bitcoin? I mean, hardcore freaks, like let's start with like live chat on RHR. Yeah, yeah, right. 100%. Okay, I would, I would agree. Uh, live chat freaks, 100%. Overall, probably 60 Okay. Yeah. And, and is that high? Do you think? I would say, I mean, given your, of what you and Matt talk about every week, what you mentioned with your guests, oh, like, no. there we go. You're back. I would say I, I, maybe more than 60. I, I would hope. Um, maybe there's some teetering on the edge too. Right. Um, well, if you, it's funny, if you look into, so this is actually a great dovetail into the onboarding services. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, my brother works at Unchained. He's part of the concierge team and yeah. um, helping onboard people. And our demo breakdown, a majority of our audience is between the age of 25 and 45. Okay. Yep. With a very large portion being like 35 years and older. So okay. in my mind, that's older millennials, Gen Xers who may not be as comfortable with private keys, but hopefully um, via listening mm-hmm. uh, over the years, they get comfortable. Um, from what I understand, a lot of the concierge on onboarding targets 
wealthier individuals who yeah. are a bit older, right? Yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, Marty's brother on our client solutions team kills it when he's talking to clients about yeah, the importance <laughs> of multi-sig. He's, he's it's amazing. Um, the really cool thing about our vantage point sitting on the concierge team is onboarding folks from all like ages. I mean, sure, there's maybe a bell curve there um, where you see some more than others, but older, you know, right out of college, uh, software engineers to school teachers. It's crazy the amount of people who are taking the dive into holding their own keys. So what we do is really take somebody from like zero to like a multi-sig hero, right? I mean, even if you are familiar with, uh, you set up a ledger in 2017 and maybe you didn't really touch it, you kind of know what seed phrases are, but not not uh, not to the depths of like, you know, knowing what a passphrase is and how that might impact stuff. Uh, we take all of those uh, folks, basically run them through start to finish here. And it's not just one call. We have an hour long concierge call, but then, you know, it's not like we just go away, right? We're kind of that, we're that body of, of, I guess, you know, intelligence to talk to. If you do have a question about this stuff, because as you know, I mean, rabbit hole recap, it's a rabbit hole. You might have a question about what is a Bitcoin address? What's my change address? Um, and we try to do a bunch of different efforts, not only individual calls, but continuing education webinars. Um, I mean, tweets <laughs> about trying to educate folks. Um, but really, you know, putting, I think the core tenants we hit on in the multi-sig onboarding, um, taking a high level step back at first to say, hey, these are called hardware wallets. It's what the industry has called them, sure. Uh, Bitcoin is not in the wallet. That's kind of like no, 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 number one. Uh, these devices uh, generate your seed phrases. They hold your keys. You use these devices to move Bitcoin from addresses because addresses are where Bitcoin lives. And like a majority of your listeners right now are like, well, yeah, um, but it's crazy. I mean, the amount of folks who think, you know, and it's common terminology to say my Bitcoin are on my ledger or Bitcoin are on my cold card. Sure. But like, they're not really. And breaking that mental model is, uh, it's more common than people might even think. Bitcoin are on the distributed ledger. Bitcoin or Bitcoins? <laughs> All the Bitcoins are on the distributed ledger. Your Bitcoin yes. is also on the distributed ledger. Yeah. And it's, so like highlighting that and even sometimes folks will be like, oh, whoa, that's kind of crazy. It's like, yeah. So, and then we dive into multi-sig and say, okay, so if you had just one of these devices, you have just one Trezor, you, you have a 12 word seed phrase, that's cold storage. That's not your keys, not your Bitcoin. That's a lot safer in my opinion than having your funds on uh, an XYZ exchange. Um, but now you have a single point of failure, right? Something happens to that 12 word seed phrase. You, you don't want to be in that situation. Um, you, know, you maybe misplaced it or uh, and, and life happens. Crazy things happen. Water damage from floods, uh, burglary or fires, single points of failure can cause a lot of fear. Um, and so you can actually, we, that's why we have multi-sig and we tell folks a lot of time, a lot of the time too, we didn't invent it. It's not proprietary to Unchained, um, but we're here to help you build a multi-sig address. Um, now, again, more technical listeners will probably be like, well, you're building a multi-sig wallet and sure, but like, let's focus on address. And now that we laid out that framework of your device, your Bitcoin lives on an address, not on your device. Uh, we're now going to build you an address that has that fault tolerance. You don't have that single point of failure. You could lose in a drastic scenario one of your sets of 12 words, one of your devices, and you're still going to be okay because you have redundancy there. And that, you know, sleeping easier at night because of that might not be something that's palpable right on the call. 
Um, but it sure is should anything happen. Um, and life is crazy. Things do happen. People move. People, uh, you know, life circumstances happen. Maybe there's a natural disaster at their home. Um, it's just, you know, having them realize the single point of failure and how important that is. Uh, it's, I mean, second, yeah. second and none. Maybe you've got some family members you've, you've told about yeah. Bitcoin. They know what to look for and... It's like Kanye's cousin who stole his laptop. They're going to come over and they, <laughs> they get they get one of your wow. seed phrases or while it's thinking they're going to get the whole stash, but no. <laughs> yeah. And and it's like, you know, then the education goes beyond that. single Eliminating your single point of failure. And then eliminating Unchained as a single point of failure. That's why our, you know, our multi-sig vaults compatible. You take your wallet configuration file, you go over to Sparrow Wallet or Caravan. Um, or Electrum, and, and that quickly gets, you know, really technical, right? But folks love to learn about it, which is really cool. Um, oftentimes, Zoom is like the most complicated <laughs> thing of a part of the setup is like sharing screen or whatever, if we need to walk through a particular, something's not connecting right. Um, but at the end of the day, Bitcoin is, I mean, doing, operating your multi-sig vault, it's a lot easier than folks think. You know, self-custody in general, I think about it as like, a, you know, I don't know if it's like an old cartoon, but you know when uh, there's something walking around the corner and it's casting this huge shadow and it looks really scary, but then around the corner it just is like a little mouse. Mm -hmm. like that's what self-custody is. Uh, it sounds a lot more complicated than, than it is. It's just key ownership. If you can write down a grocery list, you can write down 12 or 24 words. Now you need to keep it secure and that's maybe the harder part. Um, not going to earn a yield, but like, <laughs> come on. Uh, so... Yeah, that's how I like to think about it. Yeah, and it's a good way to think about it. And I hope that's the thing. You have these waves of events that happen throughout Bitcoin's history, Mt. Gox obviously being one of them. Uh, you know, a lot of people learned the lesson, not your keys, not your coins. 800,000 Bitcoin got swept away in yeah. that debacle. Now we're having this wave hit us with these yield products that people, they're, they're siren calls, essentially. They're, they're mm -hmm. sirens. You have... Alex Mashinsky's the siren just screaming there. I'll give you 6%. And oh my God. at the end of the day, like Tyler mentioned earlier, and like Matt and I have talked about many times on RHR and in the interview series, like the, the increased purchasing power over the long run is going to be significantly, uh, maybe it's not significantly more than like, if you're getting that, that interest rate, that yield on your Bitcoin, number one, it's income. So you have to pay taxes on it. So mm -hmm. Six percent on paper, but once you get it, it's probably more like three percent when you pay the taxes on it, right? And all that. And is that three percent worth the potential to lose all of it? Which Celsius users are finding out this week. They imagine if you put ten Bitcoin on there, and you're you're doing it to get six million sats a year in revenue, and so you just lost a billion sats for six million upside. And that was the crazy thing about that Celsius Twitter spaces. There'd be folks they bring up to the stage. Um, who were, you know, Bitcoin only, but I'd love to see, but like, we're talking about having all their Bitcoin you know, millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin uh, on Celsius to earn yield. And then they'd get asked a question about, uh, some other cryptocurrency and they'd proudly say, well, I don't dabble in any of that. But at the same, in the same breath, you're saying you have all of your Bitcoin, you know, custodially held with, with Celsius. Like you're so close, man. <laughs> Just... Well, Did, even then, like you know? that yield's produced by the stuff that you stay away from. So you're really not staying away from it at all. No, not at all. And it's, uh, yeah. So that that's just like, wow. Um, there's a lot of folks out there that are quickly realizing 
uh, counterparty risk and um, what that truly means when it rears its head. And it's not something that people just say. Uh, it's so easy to kind of get caught up in, well, XYZ exchange or wherever is so big, they're never going to, you know, they're ne never going to fall or never going to be uh, subject to all this crazy stuff that's happening. But <laughs> gradually, then suddenly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and how much of this is driven by, in your opinion, just preconceived notions of how individuals are supposed to interact with money? That you've interacted with in the digital realm up until the point that you encounter encounter Bitcoin, um, and so there again, I've said this many times throughout the years. There has to be a mental rewiring in the brain of how you approach this, and people are just applying again preconceived notions of how their interactions with money have worked their whole lives onto Bitcoin. It's just not. It's untenable if you really yeah. want to interact and use Bitcoin correctly. I mean, to some extent, it's all really the root fault of <laughs> fiat banking uh, because, you know, you're going to chase yield because you don't want the 20 bips that your, you know, bank is going to give you on a savings account. So why the 6% or whatever on Celsius looks attractive. Um, it's, it's chasing yield, uh, not understanding that with a hard money, you can just save. Like make, make savings great again is like, like the core message that I'm trying to get out to folks, friends and family, um, alongside self-custody, you know, that's kind of like they, they go hand in hand, but you just don't want to be that. You don't want to be that, that Bitcoin friend, that uncle Jim that recommends, uh, talks about Bitcoin year in, year out. And then you finally convince your cousin on Thanksgiving dinner to buy Bitcoin. Uh, and then, you know, they're the, one of the ones who's seeing, you know, cannot withdraw on the screen of their phone. Like you don't want to be put in that scenario either. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's uh, it's the way folks traditionally think about money chasing yield, trying to beat inflation. Um, so it's really, you know, an unfortunate symptom of kind of the larger, uh, the kind of what's going down in a kind of a more macro theme, but it's insidious too, because uh, these, these platforms, I think know that they're just recreating fractional reserve banking. Um, and it's, you know, I don't think their, their customers are acutely aware of the risks involved. Yeah. And this actually brings up an interesting point too, because a lot of these companies due to the fact that they're able to amass a bunch of Bitcoin, lend it out on the back end, rehypothecate it, make yield. Uh, many would point to them and say, Oh, they're much more successful. They have more revenue. They have more profit. Um, uh, than something like an Unchained, which has a more conservative model mm -hmm. um, because you're not rehypothecating, offering yield and taking that siren call business model. Uh, the point I'm trying to get to is like, though, um, 1031's an investor in Unchained, disclaimer, I'm a partner at 1031. Uh, the reason that Grant and Jonathan have invested many times up to this point and probably continue to invest moving forward is because uh, we think in the long run that the unchained model is what the the future financial system you guys are building out the base layer infrastructure of what the future financial system will look like particularly around multi-sig right i mean yeah would you, i mean the benefit of having a collaborative custody member is to eliminate yourself as a single point of failure um living by that, not your keys, not your coins, um, security principle is 
that that's like what we place above all else, right? Then we have other financial services, uh, your IRA. I mean, when I left my old job, I had a 401k sitting there and, you know, I made the choice because this was back when our IRA product wasn't a thing. I like liquidated. So I go buy Bitcoin. Sure. Uh, but, you know, Bill Geiger has since educated me on, uh, and then sure the product wasn't uh, around then. Um, but when you do that, you, you know, you're effectively paying a tax hit on that to the government. So why not just, you know, roll over uh, your retirement into Bitcoin where you still hold your own keys? Just out hodl, <laughs> out hodl the IRS. Uh, the IRS. Um, so it's, but, but you're absolutely right. Like the future of finance, if you want to call it that, I think the future of, you know, preserving generational wealth and wealth security, um, it's not going to be done through fancy, like fancy rehypothecation Rube Goldberg machines. Um, I'm not depositing my Bitcoin at, in my unchained vault so they can go turn it into like some dog tokens, you know, like it just sounds so ridiculous in hindsight, um, peak clown world maybe, or like on the way up. Um, but I'm holding my own keys to my wealth that one day my, my grandchildren are hopefully going to reap the benefits of. So it's just like, it's such a different framework, um, in the way we think about it. Yeah. And it's crazy how unique the model can get, particularly again, around multi-sig where mm -hmm. like in the future you can have Unchained can be the gateway for for many key holders over different providers as well. Like yeah, you're. It's just uh, insane that so many in the space, so many quote unquote Bitcoiners who should understand. Again, this is a new protocol that is allowing us to build new primitives for a new financial system, and so many in the space have. Uh, taken the short-term fiat route of like, oh, now we're just going to re recreate the fiat system with our product and this is what people want, this is what they're used to. And instead of thinking long-term, no, let's build a whole new one using multi-sig as a base yeah. from which we can begin to create really secure products that, that give individuals the power that they deserve at the end of the day. This, again, like you mentioned, this is potentially generational wealth this is money. This is something that not, should not mm -hmm. be fucked with and making it as secure and accessible as possible uh, the right way, when I would deem to be the right way, is a much better long-term uh, strat strategy from a business perspective than yeah. what you're seeing with many of the other providers. We, will, we can pick on Celsius and Nexo right now right. because they're blowing up. But. Yeah, but it's it's everywhere. And it's, uh, it's just the way we, you know, one of the phrases that is continuously, it's like, bugged me more and more um, is just uh, making money in terms of buying Bitcoin. Well, have you made money on that yet? <laughs> what do you mean? To me, that means does the number of sats that I hold in cold storage, has that number gone up? That's me making money. A dollar denominated value is like, you know, I don't know if it's a paradigm shift, what needs to happen. Um, obviously, our continuing education efforts on that front as well, um, just through everything we do with, you know, uh, I would say us broadly, I don't want to say community, but like Bitcoiners talking about this stuff. Um, just the getting away from the dollar denominated uh, number being of importance um, to the degree that it is now, right? Yeah, I mean, this is <laughs> a great week to be talking about this. Bitcoin's down 30%. <laughs> right. and people are like, ha, huh. ha. Huh. Oh my God. Ha, <laughs> huh. look at you. Right. Ponzi scheme. I don't think people... Obviously, it's not even, I don't think, I don't know. You just look at mm -hmm. the general public and the 
talking head pundits out there, they truly don't understand Bitcoin and the, oh. the value prop and the fundamental utility that it provides humanity today. It's it's working. I can send you Bitcoin over Lightning this time if you want. Uh, not on-chained in the back of an Uber or on-chain. I almost said unchained. Um, but no, it's working. Uh, blocks are being produced. Um, difficulty adjustments still happening. Uh, block height all-time high is happening. Um, so it's just, you know, it's folks who, again, think about it in terms of how they have been normally taught to think about money and investments, not in a new money, um, a new way to save. I mean, Bitcoin's a rally cry, right? Uh, in the words of, you know, Parker. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I've had friends text me, uh, are you doing okay? <laughs> Crypto's really taking a, a dump. I hope you're like, you know, I hope you're hope you're doing okay. It's like, that's why I tweeted out a couple of days ago. I'm like, I work for a crypto company just as much as like a Formula One engineering crew member works for a used car, uh, uh, used car shop. And they're not the same things. So again, education point, drive the, uh, the divorce between Bitcoin and crypto as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And so sitting at the front of this movement to take extreme ownership and secure your own Bitcoin via private key management in a custodial vault with Unchained. Obviously, you've onboarded hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. Say this Celsius blow up, three arrows blow up, really drives home the point to many more people out there like, okay, I need to take key security. How do you see, not even what you guys are just doing at Unchained, but just generally the adoption of private key ownership scaling as more and more people adopt Bitcoin? That's a really, really good question. Um, I'd say, you know, feed me uh, the people to, to get set up a multi-sig. Um, but I think you're going to see broadly, I think you're going to see the likes of BTC Sessions YouTube views skyrocket. I think you're going to see, um, you know, hardware device manufacturers uh, really be put to the forefront, not only existing ones, but possibly what I know what Jack's working on and their team is working on. Um, I think you're going to see the rise of uh, Bitcoin-only firmwares, Bitcoin-only security devices. Um, the efforts going on with Seed Signer right now are pretty incredible. Like all of these grassroots, uh, and I know you know these hardware wallet companies are not necessarily grassroots, but Seed Signer is. So these these efforts, these open source education efforts, are about to become uh, not only important and cool, but necessary. Um, you're going to see the floodgates open of people, uh, hopefully, rushing to hold their own keys. Um, I hopefully that means folks come to Unchained as well, but just take, you know, take the first step at the very least. Um, and I know, you know, a lot of listeners to TFTC and, and to Rabbit Hole Recap, um, I imagine them as being the Uncle Jims, right? Maybe you're well-versed in Sparrow Wallet and you have your own setup and collaborative custody might not be the thing for you, but that doesn't mean it can't be the thing for your aunt or uncle or friends or cousins, right? Um, you, know, you can continue to be their Uncle Jim and guide them. Um, but just, you know, let us help as well. That's what we're here to do. Uh, it it does take a little bit of an emotional toll. Like when you hear about folks who have their funds stuck somewhere, or they can't withdraw. Um, it's just like, man, we're right here. I can, you know, instead of sipping on the sparkling water uh, in between onboardings, I could be onboarding you um, and, and helping you secure your generational wealth, hopefully. So um, I think this kind of the, the aftermath of what's going on now I do hope that we see page views on Bitcoin Q&A go up. I hope we see BTC sessions videos, tutorial videos go up. Um, I hope we see 
supply chain constraints from from Rodolfo and team because they just can't move move devices out fast enough. Um, that would be like my dream state. Yeah, I agree too. Like, where do you think the state of obviously we have all these YouTube uh, channels, we have these hardware wallets, we have services like Unchained. Uh, what do you think we need more of the like that stuff's already here? Like if we're going to onboard a billion people, let's yeah, say. billion people to self custody. Um, I think we we need to drive home, uh, and and this is like I mean it's being done, but I think it maybe needs to be um, amplified even further. Is the importance of twenty one million and securing your portion of that twenty one million? Um, that is going to be at the end of the day. If you value that, then <laughs> then then you know. Self custody is all the more justified. You enforce that twenty one million every time you hold your own keys, because then you know you're not artificially uh, inflating the the supply of Bitcoin, right? That's being lent out and stuff. And you, you're that that that's you really have to drive home that inelastic supply curve. So to onboard a billion people into uh, private keys, they need to realize that we have the power to do it. For one, nobody's telling you you can or can't. Uh, it's open source technology hold your own keys. It's it's easy to do. You don't have to do it with your entire stack to start. I mean, I hope you hopefully you eventually get there. Um, but take the dive and learn. And the message of 21 million Bitcoin, I mean, why isn't Parker Lewis out on CNBC talking about this stuff? It's a great question. It's a great I mean, question. Honestly. You have Novo on too much CNBC. It dude's a derelict. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous. And Parker puts out so much signal. Uh, Phil Geiger puts out so much signal. Like, it's time for people to actually start valuing uh, scarcity, twenty-one million, um, and like what comes behind that. Well, this is, this is actually stoked a thought in my head too. For anybody who just got burnt on Celsius chasing that six percent, you brought up a very good point. Like the the twenty-one million is extremely important, and if you really do want the price of Bitcoin to go up significantly, the best thing you can do is take control of your private keys and move your Bitcoin to addresses that you control with those keys because you're just sucking potential rehypothecated liquidity out of these service providers, which is right. which is less liquidity that those providers have the 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 with increased demand for Bitcoin is naturally going to drive up the price. So like you can make a very strong argument. I would argue that the individuals who are currently uh, number one, not have act, not having any access to their Bitcoin uh, via platforms like Celsius and and others that are going bust right now. Um, and then two, maybe they had some Bitcoin that wasn't on there and they did have in self custody, but now that's thirty uh, percent has thirty percent less purchasing power than it did last week because those uh, service providers blew up. Mm -hmm. like you can, I think, you can make a very strong argument that if you were just to stay away. And every one of those users were to self custody instead. The price of Bitcoin would be uh, much higher than it is right now because yeah. what we're essentially experiencing is a deleveraging event, where people are forced to liquidate. Large these providers are forced to liquidate a large amount of Bitcoin, uh, it, which is obviously driving the price down. If they didn't have those Bitcoin uh, in the first place, right. where would we be? And another point, as you were talking there, I was thinking like you know what's going to get a billion people to hold private keys. Um, kind of have to come at it from the other side as well. I mean, if you are a merchant or you are, you know, selling a good or service or you, you know, are maybe you know, uh, the 
creator economy, quote unquote. Um, you know, Bitcoin is a payment mechanism earning in Bitcoin, you know, that that's, you know, is going to give you, I mean, that, that is actually the circular economy is where it's at, right? Because if you're earning Bitcoin, uh, now you have something that you can self custody gets you one step closer. Um, if your favorite merchant or uh, provider for whatever good or service you want is accepting Bitcoin, it's more of a reason for you to have it and to use it. Uh, more of a reason puts you closer to, to self custody or even, you know, using something like blue wallet. So, uh, the circular economy aspect too is certainly, uh, I would say, pretty important in that endeavor. Hey, as somebody who has a lot of SATs flows, I highly recommend uh, yes. injecting yourself into the circular economy. I mean, we'll maybe you should give me uh, maybe this will be the first episode. Uh, wait, this isn't running through um, Fountain, so I can't do the per episode split. If you're on RHR, okay, you could have given me your Lightning uh, address, and we could have split, but. Podcasting 2.0, one sad stream. Yeah. The ads, uh, a lot of advertisers pay in Bitcoin. I've got some mining operations. There's nothing but, and I've set it up where um, outside of RHR, which is running through Fountain, just because of the way their app's set up and I want to test it out, that's custodial. But the this sat streamed from this episode are going straight to a node that I control. Yeah. Shout outs go straight to an XPub that I control if they're paying on chain, if you're paying for uh, some of our merch in Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, that's going either to the node that we control, the Lightning node, or on chain wallets that I control. The mining revenues, obviously, they're going straight into wallets that I control. And then the advertising spends that um, are being paid in Bitcoin straight to wallets I control. And there's, it just feels incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's empowering. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's, yeah, man, so much goes into that uh, billion people into uh, self-custody. I mean, uh, brilliant engineers who are out there working at these companies that are just these insidious companies. These are intelligent, bright engineers. I used to work with some of my former uh, employer. Like, just one step removed from seeing how cool some of the stuff that's being built out on Lightning is or how pretty awesome BTC pay server is. Open source contributions from these brilliant engineers Maybe you graduated from Stanford and, you know, you want, like, instead of going to work at just another food delivery company uh, or music streaming platform or something, or if you're at a music streaming platform, bring up, uh, you know, value for value. But instead of just going and taking a, a startup job at some random tech company, like open source contributions, finding your way into Bitcoin through development too, if you're an engineer, I mean, awesome. Talk about a time to actually like create something of value. Yeah, it's never been easier. There's so much to fucking build. Like. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for real, it's crazy. There's a renaissance happening from an engineering perspective. Um, and then you just as a normal Bitcoiner day to day, Brian Harrington said it uh, on, on Twitter a while back and I've used it in all my interactions. If you have to pay somebody back or you're like, you know, in a situation where you got to open up your wallet or whatever, um, fiat wallet, say, and that will, will that be in dollars or Bitcoin? Just ask it really seriously, you know? You're going to get some scoffs. Your uncle's going to laugh at you. Say it enough, though. People are going to be like, damn, uh, maybe maybe Bitcoin. How would that work? And then if you can get one of those wins a month, that's something, right? Yeah. So that's uh, I, I've adopted that that question. Uh, babysitters. I've had one take me up on it. And then valet. I always ask the valet. <laughs> nice. Valet car at dinner. I'm like, all right, when I come back, you want to tip in cash or Bitcoin? Yeah. I haven't gotten a valet. Uh, to take me up on the Bitcoin, but every time I do ask, and it makes they they're one of the ones who laugh and they're like, oh, 
Um, one guy one time was like, yeah, I have cash app. I'll take it. And then when I went to get my car, it wasn't the guy I got my car. So. Oh man. <laughs> uh, another extension onto that uh, billion people is uh, Bitcoiners have more babies. Uh, we need to raise Bitcoiners. We need to, I mean, yeah, I'm not at that stage in my life yet, but uh, I'm very much so looking forward to bringing more Bitcoiners into the world. You're a pro-natalist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my, yeah, of course. Uh, population uh, decline is, uh, I mean... I am in the Elon Musk camp on that issue. I know he's been a, kind of a, a figure of turmoil uh, for, for Bitcoiners, but he's absolutely right. Um, it's it's gross to think that we need to uh, keep population numbers down. Yeah, um, I agree. Human and flourishing, innovation, Bitcoiners all come with having more babies. So I'm trying to do my part. Yeah. My, uh, my latest son. And so like, how do you refer? My most... Freshest, <laughs> my freshest, my my second sounds weird. My second born is eight days old now. It's been great. How is uh the older one? He's been great. He's uh, a great older brother. Nice, a doting older brother. He's uh, the day one. He heard his little brother crying and brought him an empty bottle. Oh yes, that that would soothe him. That uh, is awesome, man. Obviously. Uh, it, it couldn't because it was empty, but the the thought was there. The intention was there. And That's then, so cool. Actually, right before I left, uh, um, our youngest was in his little boppy thing. And um, our oldest walked over and just put a blanket over him and said, night, night. I was like, oh, it's not time for a nap yet, but I like that you're <laughs> oh, putting man. a blanket on, on him. And That's cool. And caring for your younger brother. Yeah. I mean, as, you know, parenthood, I'm sure, uh, I mean, I've been learning from a lot of folks on the team at Unchained. I mean, Bitcoiners are having having babies and and learning uh, thinking about uh, raising them in in a world that you want to see um, and making that world a reality is like a very real thing that we're doing. It's part of why I moved to Texas. Same, yeah. There, I mean, the the thought of masking our oldest when he was going into daycare was just, or he doesn't even do daycares. Um, but thinking two three years ahead, when we're in the New York area. Uh, like, do we want our son to wear a mask going to school? I was like, no. So we came down yeah. here where there's no mask policies. I mean, they do exist in some places down here, but um, it's just, yeah. I mean, coming from Minneapolis, yeah, I, <laughs> I hear you on that. Um, so yeah, having more Bitcoiners uh, for sure, and I'm glad to hear that uh, both baby and and mom are healthy as well. Your wife's very doing healthy. Knock on wood, everything's been going swimmingly. Nice. The first eight days now, and it is. Yeah, that's one thing that I really like to, to see that's been a growing trend within one subsect of the Bitcoin community, as people will try to call it. Um, it's just a bunch of people who own Bitcoin. It is this pronatalist mm -hmm. movement or trend where, and again, I think it's just uh, part of like the bigger revolution of Bitcoin is it really under the fiat monetary system with... Mm -hmm. Everybody being forced into the workplace, they're making uh, dollars that are that are quickly being debased by the central banks and the federal governments of the world, and they feel this overwhelming doom or this existential uh, dread that exists in humanity because people think people have been brainwashed to think that number one they're bad, and that number two that that the future of humanity is is very bleak. Because we're sucking up all the resources, destroying the climate, and we can't support more and more people, which just simply isn't true. We have plenty of resources. We have plenty of, more importantly, we have 
we have the fucking brains and the the genius and the the gift from God that is being a human where we can right. we can use our intellect and our critical thinking and our ad- adaptive skills to make the world a better place but for some reason people have been sold this lie that that is not the case and we're bad and we need to depopulate to save the planet we should be afraid we should be afraid uh we should cower in fear uh however and then that's exacerbated and there's like a bit of confirmation bias that comes from the fiat monetary system Mm -hmm. where people exactly are hearing this on one side and then on the back end they're going home they're looking at their bills they're looking at the goals they set years before financially they're not reaching them they're saying ah man something's wrong out there maybe yeah this life isn't worth it I mean, and that's just so, and that's that's more of like kind of the grander kind of a, I mean, mission focus, why, what we're doing as Bitcoiners, right? And this is outside of Unchained, this is BitDevs and uh, open source projects and podcasts and learning and books and everything that's going on is kind of to tackle that grander mission. Um, do you think that your oldest son, though, is he a two? Yeah, he's 28 months now. Do you think your your older son's gonna receive a U.S. dollar denominated paycheck ever? I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, I was awesome. thinking about this the other day. So we go back to like the laser hodl episodes too. And I I think I am a believer in the idea, the theory that the 2020s are just going to be this massive transitionary period. When we look up 2030, the world's going to be mm-hmm. a lot different than it was when we started this decade. And so, yeah, th- taking that, my son was born in 2020, we'll be 10 in 2030. And I think by 2030, we'll have a, a we'll have transitioned to a Bitcoin standard. I know that's blasphemy to a lot of people out there, but I think, I mean, you just look at what's going on right now. I mean, I think I've been saying this in recent weeks, I think we're, headed towards the complete collapse in confidence in the uh, institutions that rule the day today. And I mm-hmm. think it could happen as soon as this fall, if not by 2025, when you combine um, just the money, how broken it is, like the Fed is obviously backed into a corner, even with the 75 BIP rate hike earlier this week, I don't think that's going to tame inflation. And if food prices and energy prices continue to rise, Throughout the summer, despite this uh, hike from the Fed, that's really going to have people question like, oh, crap, they can't control inflation, which is like, all right, like what, why does the Fed exist? Why is it here? Um, again, those problems will be driven by an energy and a food crisis, which will lead right. people to like begin asking like, why are we doing this energy transition? Why don't we have enough food? Like it's 2022. Yeah. Like how do we fuck it up this bad? And then... Uh, I think it's becoming glaringly obvious that the mass vaccination campaign was not uh, the wisest decision to make and to to put a jab in billions of arms around the world. And I think this fall, it's going to be undeniable that that decision from the medical institutions and the federal governments around the world to, to force that on people um, is actively harming millions of people around the world. And the confluence of those massive fuck-ups at the same time, which I think could happen this fall, is going to lead to a massive collapse in confidence. And obviously hyperinflation has been a big theme since Jack tweeted that out uh, earlier this year, late last year. Um, But that's like hyperinflation is two two parts, right? It's part mechanical, 
supply monetary units that have flooded the system, and then it's part confidence. It's a con there's two parts to it. It's the mechanical expansion of the monetary base, and then it's the confidence of the individuals that that is actually working. And right. I think we're gonna we've seen the first part play out, and that expansion has happened rapidly, and to a point of no return. And now it's just trying to figure out when that collapse in confidence comes. And I think yeah. It's, the conditions for that collapse are are getting very strong right now. Trust is severed in in different types of institutions. Seems on like on a daily basis, um, and you know, you know what doesn't even like need trust is a twenty four word seed phrase. No, nope. <laughs> so you treat that as as the north star and all this. You just have to trust yourself. And that's yeah, what, like I think that's a realization people are going to come to. Like I right. can't trust. Jay Powell. I can't trust uh -huh. Janet Yellen. I can't trust Anthony Fauci. I can't trust the uh, Jen, whatever her name is, the energy secretary. I can't trust <laughs> oh, Larry yeah. Fink and these Wall Street freaks pushing us down the ESG energy transition narrative. Right. I can't trust these public schools who are having uh, grown men dressed as women come read books looking like demons to my child. Like It's like, yeah, I can't trust... Uh, a rehypothecation station uh, in in Celsius with my funds. Yes, um, and it's it's you know, it's the dominoes that are going to keep falling. At the end of the day, twenty one million. Uh, your seed phrase, personal responsibility, is hopefully going to be on the rise. Um, you know, this next generation, your son, like I mean, coming up in a world where personal responsibility is the default and self custody. I mean, American Hoddle's talk at Bitcoin what was it twenty Bitcoin. Uh, bit block boom 2021 i mean we're the capital allocators of tomorrow um everybody who is you know so so staunchly advocating for bitcoin right now um so i think the burden is on a lot of you know a lot of uh, folks to hold bitcoin in self-custody right now to continue to educate whether that's their own heirs or you know as the, as their generations you know after them grow up um to really preach self-custody uh, yeah. you know no and no, i think we're seeing that begin to materialize outside of Bitcoin too. Like I had Tucker Max on earlier this year. And I think what he's doing, I mean, I think he, I would consider him like a Bitcoin tangential. I think he mm -hmm. uh, respects Bitcoin. He, I think he's a bit skeptical at uh, its, its potential to succeed. But I do, I do think he gets it and thinks it's a, a worthwhile project. And yeah. Um, but like seeing what he's doing and Dripping Springs with the alternative schooling system that they're building. And he's he wrote his Doomer Optimism piece, which is really driving home that was extreme ownership. I think obviously Bitcoiners have it at their core, especially if they're taking self-custody and controlling their private keys. That takes extreme ownership. But I think even outside of Bitcoin, it's just there's a, in a vibe out there where people are like, something's fucking wrong. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, they don't even need, a lot of people don't even need Bitcoin to be driven to, all right, I need to take more ownership over my life and not uh, have these trusted third parties have so much control over me. Right. I mean, uh, I was talking about this with a colleague the other day, Tom Hanzik, who's on our uh, concierge team too. It's like, uh, you know, holding your own keys, buying Bitcoin and keeping it on an exchange. We made the analogy, we're trying to think of like interesting analogies and the analogies are never perfect, but it'd be like, uh, be like going back in time, watching the founding fathers like draft up and sign the Declaration of Independence, and they just like put it in a desk drawer and don't really do anything <laughs> with it. I'm like, come on, you know, you're you're so close. You got the right. Uh, if you're if you're thinking about buying Bitcoin, 
you're probably starting to think that maybe if hopefully you, you want to be exiting the dollar a little bit, or at least exploring it because you think it's cool, whatever. Um, but you know, take the next step then, you know, it's hold your own keys. That's when like the magic happens. That's when you start to realize, Oh, for what it is. Um, so yeah, clown world is certainly not peaked, unfortunately. Um, well, what would you say to the Alex Mashinsky's of the world who have basically marketed their services by saying, no, you shouldn't hold your own keys. You're going to lose your Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, that's, 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 he's been, yeah, like, he's, that's how he would mainly coming out. Corey, it's like, you're the irresponsible one telling people to hold their own keys. They're going to lose their Bitcoin. It's like, you know, you look at the incentive set involved. <laughs> I don't think they really align with, uh, his core messaging. I think, uh, you know, the, the incentive for him is for you to keep your funds on his platform one step closer so he can uh, buy more JPEGs and put your capital at risk. Um, that's his incentive. So he's talking his book uh, versus, you know, accessing the best money on the planet. Um, your portion of 21 million, be that Swan or River, these Bitcoin only services um, that have never once uh, spoke down on self-custody. I mean, Alex Leishman would never. He's the man. Like, you know, the, we were, it's, these folks are principled because they understand what Bitcoin is. I would actually challenge Alex Mashinsky's like understanding of Bitcoin. I'd be like, I mean, are you thinking about this as a uh, US dollar uh, like money earning tool? I mean, is he still thinking about it? Like, uh, like the, how folks would traditionally think about finance and money? Are you state agent trying to confuse people? <laughs> are you? I mean, do you, do you understand? Uh, I mean, Celsius should hold courses on how to self, you know, self custody. <laughs> it never happened, but like, you know, if you really, really, really um, were a part of what's going on here to to change the way that we think about institutions and the way that we change about like, you know, our needing to trust uh, some almighty entity, you would be advocating for self custody. You'd be it, yeah, yeah. And I think having watched his or seen the tweets where he was nagging self-custody. I think it's really, number one, it's poor form on his part, but it's also a weak argument because it references all the lost Bitcoin that have existed. And I think for anybody new to Bitcoin and new to the show particularly, I think it is important to, number one, recognize, yes, people lost a lot of Bitcoin in the early days, but number two, they didn't care. Right. Bitcoin didn't have any value. Right. A lot, like most of the coins were lost like between 2012 and 2015, I think. When Bitcoin, yeah when Bitcoin was significantly less valuable, uh, millions of Bitcoins were lost when it was worth uh, like a few pennies. And so you, you had people looking at that. It was like, ah, oh, it's not worth anything. So I'm not right. going to be incentivized to secure it. So I'll be a bit blase with, with my key management. And I'll keep it in a sock drawer and lose it or won't even back up the key. Whereas today, obviously... Uh, it's significantly more valuable, less valuable than it was last week, but significantly more value than it was back then. And yeah. people are, number one, more incentivized to um, think about key security more seriously. And then number two, the, the products that exist, the software that exists to manage your keys is significantly better than it was back then, Unchained being a perfect example of that. Yeah, he was just very intellectually dishonest about... Uh, the numbers that he was citing and like the risks involved. It's like, man, <laughs> I am sure maybe I'm a special subsect. So I work at Unchained and we deal with Bitcoin every single day. But I mean, I had like $50 worth of Bitcoin. It was like uh, at the time, maybe a hundred thousand sats. And like, it was a, 
I was just playing around with Spectre and Cold Card. And I had a passphrase that I couldn't remember. And I was like in the dumps about that. And it was like 100,000 sats. But I was like, man, this is ridiculous, you know? And then I, then I like worked it out and I, I nabbed it. I'm like, yes, okay, cool. Whew, that's why I test with like a small amount of funds. Like that level of care going into 100,000 sats, people just think about it differently now, you know? Um, and like you said, the tools are so much more advanced. Um, the education is so much more pronounced and um, available than it was in like 2012, 2013. So it was incredibly intellectually dishonest. Um, he knows that. I mean, their marketing teams know that, I'm sure. Um, but, you know. Marty Jones is going to come out right now. Alex Mashinsky is a state agent. Let's go. Who's been sent into the world to confuse everybody. Yeah. As a siren and to drag them into his product so it could blow up and then he can have the regulatory agencies come and say, like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Maybe he lost a bunch of Bitcoin early on. He's really sour about it. Yeah. I mean. State agent. <laughs> giving folks more of a reason to uh, <laughs> to just put their hard-earned money at risk and it's just ridiculous. Um, so if you're out there listening to this and you have friends or family or uh, cousins, aunts, uncles who uh, who have bought Bitcoin and like they are like some folks are like deathly afraid. And, you know, for what they hear from the likes of Alex Mashinsky or, or some random blog post about somebody who lost uh, lost the password to their Bitcoin. Yeah, they lost the server. <laughs> they're, they're, they're deep in a landfill looking for their server. Right, they bought the whole dump because they need to search through. It's like, okay, take a step back, understand that there are professionals here to help. There's a bunch of, like, knowledge out there. If you're an Uncle Jim and you... You want like the helping hand, shoot it, you know, throw us the alley-oop. We'll finish the dunk for you. We'll get them folks all set up um, and have them feeling comfortable. So it's, it hasn't been easier, I don't think, to hold your own keys. Um, and right now, like, man, is it the perfect time? Okay, I can hear the freaks yelling in the background. Unchained KYC service. Mm -hmm. What are the trade-offs there? Excellent, excellent question, right? So the trade-offs with Unchained is that you give up some anonymity, right? Um, you're using a collaborative custodian. Any collaborative custodian that you provide um, an XPUB to, um, you know, there's going to be a certain tier within the organization that can see balances, right? That's how multi-sig wallets work. Um, if you if you are contributing uh, an XPUB and you're kind of, you know, being that collaborative custody member. Now, that anonymity trade-off, um, that's why we have the likes of Caravan, right? We built these tools, these open source tools. If you're, if you're, uh, you know, if you, if your trade-off balance um, really favors your, you know, pre uh, preserving your anonymity and privacy, I um, mean, you're, you feel like you're a professional with it. Head on over to Caravan, build your own multi-sig. It's really, really slick tool. It's really nice, um, and that's for you. Um, for your, you know, fifty-five-year-old uh, aunt Kathy, who like has a bunch of Bitcoin for some reason uh, and she wants uh, help getting set up. Like we're here too. Um, and it's, it's not an all or nothing game. I think um, thinking about also the trade-off there between you have your anonymity and privacy, but then you also have like your security. At the end of the day, making sure my funds are secure, uh, holding my own keys in a two or three multi-sig, that's going to be like pinnacle for me. And that's the trade-off I'd made because I work in Unchained and somebody could scrape my LinkedIn profile and they know I'm a Bitcoiner. So it's like, okay. Uh, but are my funds as secure as possible? So I definitely hear, and I've talked to folks, right, at BitDevs and, and you know, just uh, elsewhere on Twitter, 
totally understand the the need to preserve privacy and anonymity. And Matt O'Dell does great work on that front. Um, but thinking about at the end of the day, what should come first is security, and then understanding that there's other tools available um, if you do want to be more anonymity and privacy preserving. Um, also, would say that uh, after talking to Buck Purley, Michael Flaxman, the ideas of blinded X pubs, and there, there's stuff being worked on in the I future. I didn't know if we were allowed to bring that up, but that is really cool. I mean, it's you know, it's it's being worked on. I don't have don't know about any type of future. So plans. the idea of the blinded yeah. X pub is that you could engage in a collaborative custody model with Unchained, and basically you'd create a a parent public key, and then you'd use that to create another wallet, right? Uh, another private, uh, uh, like a child public X pub that you could put Bitcoin into, and you are the only one who has. The ability to know what addresses they are. However, if you're ever in a pinch, you die and you need to move your estate and you need Unchained to sign, they can find that child uh, XPUB and sign on behalf, correct? Yeah, right? a collaborative custody um, member in that scenario would basically be held from knowing your balances until the event, should it arise, that they need to sign. So it is you yes. know, privacy preserving from that perspective. Now, and, and you know, the fact that that's being worked on is cool, and the fact that that's coming down, you know, coming down the pike as it relates to uh, GitHub's that are being reviewed, and that it's like kind of interesting. Now, whether it makes it into the platform at X Y Z state or uh, date, that'd be cool. Um, but the fact that it's out there and it's like, you know, it's not set in stone, right? Privacy and security are kind of both evolutions. You do what works best for you, and you know that stuff's being worked on. Should at least give you a little bit of peace of mind. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're here to peace of mind, freaks. <laughs> Peace of mind and, uh, yeah, peace of mind and, uh, you know, staying humble, of course, <laughs> especially, <laughs> you know, uh, I just wish, you know, my friends would stay, not stay humble, but just understand that just because uh, it's crashing doesn't mean they need to text me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're worried about Bitcoin crashing, just wait until everything else crashes. Like, right. there's diesel shortages on the East Coast. Right. Food prices are rising by like 30% a year. Gas prices are rising by like 100% a year. I mean, what, ha what happens when you wake up and the dollar doesn't work? I mean, Paul Krugman has been just wisely protecting people against the crash of Bitcoin since it was like fourteen dollars. Yes. So you know, um, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of other things to be thinking about right now, and uh, securing your your wealth should be on that list as like you know a priority item. Um, like you said, there's there's things. I mean, food shortages. You see the video of cows that are like yeah, keeled over in Kansas and Nebraska. Nuts. What? Like, you know, I've got questions. Same. Yeah. What? It's fucking hot as balls down here in Texas. Yeah. And we've got KNC cattle, not too far from where we're recording right now. And those those cattle seem to be fine. And how do the cattle in Kansas die of a heat wave? The Longhorn is like the name of the university mascot. Like it's not, cattle are not no strangers to heat, you know? I mean, I grew up in Southern Wisconsin and it's not super, super hot. I didn't know you were a Scotty. Yeah. Bam. From Janesville, Wisconsin. Makes me think less of you. Yeah. A couple, okay. <laughs> couple doors down, uh, Paul Ryan was a neighbor growing up. Oh, really? Yes. So. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously I went to college in Chicago. A lot of Scotties. Oh yeah. Would come down to, 
to Chicago, Illinois. I lived across the street from a Packers bar for like four years. Oh my God. So I just have, I have a bad scotty taste in my mouth from like every Sunday. <laughs> I'm a Bears fan. Okay. Uh, so growing up in Southern Wisconsin as a Bears fan was hard, a hard knock life. <laughs> 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 so you, you know, we're by a Packers bar. I'm sorry. It's the ugliest colors in the NFL. Ugliest and, colors, a lot of dad jeans. Yep. Will's Northwoods is a great bar though. <laughs> I, I, you gotta give a shout out to Will's. Have, uh, you, uh, have you been back to Chicago? I haven't been back in like two or three years. Okay. Um, I, w- I have been back since I left college, but I love Chicago. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too fond of watching it from afar over the last few years. I think people need to throw Lori Lightfoot into Lake Michigan. Uh, she just uh, thinks I'm a re-election. She's like running a campaign again. Um, it's weird how the mayoral election works. It comes down to, like, to the alderman system. Like it's It's some weird... I mean, they call Chicago the Windy City not because of the wind, even though there is a lot of wind, but because yeah. of the, the corruption of the politics that exists. It's it's a great city, though. It's due for a renaissance. Uh, Chicago deep dish pizza is great. The the city is actually really really cool. My family and I go down every year to Michigan Avenue and do like kind of a family bonding shopping trip, and it's a fun city. It's really really cool. I just think it's been uh, kind of riddled with, um, you know, political uh, strife over the past couple of years. There's yeah. been some decisions made at the at the municipality level that are really unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, going to living in Chicago during college was incredible. It was like a playground <laughs> for uh, yeah. an 18 to 22 year old. It was incredible. Have you been uh, to Minneapolis? Uh, I have not. I've not been to Minneapolis. That's also incredibly fun. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. Uh, I don't know how much I'm able to divulge about the who or where, but there's a Northwoods beefsteak I was recently a part of. Uh, okay, I had to. I was invited to that, and due to the pending second child, I had to decline politely. Of course, but it was a good one. It was amazing. Uh, away slice, <laughs> the uh, yeah. master of his craft. Uh, beef was incredible. The people were incredible. Uh, Northwoods. I mean, there's mosquitoes, but outside of that, uh, pretty pretty special thing. Yeah, I fucking hate mosquitoes. <laughs> I hate mosquitoes. I hate, uh, you know, cold weather. That's why I, you know, came down here to Texas. Um, but going back up there, reconnecting with that community, it was really, really awesome. Yeah. So I want to get up and get to a Minneapolis Bitcoiners meetup because that, or uh, the distillery looks incredible. Yeah. You got about like five or six Minneapolis Bitcoiners. It probably as, might as, be the best aesthetic of any Bitcoin meetup in the world. Yeah. Is that distillery? A lot of leather. A lot of high quality. Yeah. The O'Shaughnessy Distillery. Shout out to just the, I mean, Kelly, uh, <laughs> Kelly Lannon somewhere is like fist pumping because it's just aesthetics. The architecture <laughs> is, is beautiful. Um, not, not from Minneapolis, but uh, it's been an influence in my architecture Twitter follows. Oh, go follow the Bitcoin <laughs> urbanism list that Kelly, yes. that Kelly curates. Uh, it's all my tweet deck and it's a wealth of good aesthetics. It's amazing. Uh, but that, that uh, distillery is, is beautiful too. So I would encourage you to, you and Matt to go up to an RHR with the the squad up there. It's a really good bunch of Bitcoiners. And we do have that on the list uh, to do a live RHR at that particular meetup. Uh, yeah, it's so, a high signal coming out of there. Hell yeah. Where are we going next? Where are like, we going next? Topic wise or like <laughs> just in the world? Man, I, I think, uh, <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I don't want to make a, I don't, I don't want to make a peak clown. Yeah, no, don't make, <laughs> don't do that. I advise against that from personal experience, but I, I think we might be, how do you a, view the world right now? 
optimistic. I'm like an, I'm a Midwestern. I'm like, oh, way too nice for my own good. I have a hard time saying no. Kind of just optimistic by default. Um, Bitcoin has made me a lot more optimistic. At the same time, it makes me question a lot more. Question authority. First time I met your brother, he goes, I don't do well with authority. I was like, <laughs> all right. Yeah, we don't. It's awesome. <laughs> we we never have done well with authority. Um, but I'm, I'm optimistic. I think um, I'm like pro-humanity. I think uh, I think people are um, not just destined to be sheep. I think like, you know, there is hope for critical thinking, personal responsibility to rise again. Might take a couple generations, might take a lot more education outside of Bitcoin as well as inside of Bitcoin. Um, but at least Bitcoin can be kind of that, uh, it can lead the charge. It's certainly a tool that can be in everybody's, uh, everybody's toolbox. Hey, I agree. Like, do you, uh, now we're just riffing here, but like, I uh, felt, I feel like, I felt like a, a sense of duty, uh, an increased sense of duty recently. Like we need to onboard as many people as quickly as possible. Because mm -hmm. when shit hits the fan, it's going to be bad. You're not going to save everybody, obviously, but getting as many people on the light boats as possible could decrease the potential shit show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ease I mean, the blow. you're going to have a bunch of people who get burned by the stove, unfortunately. Some folks are just going to not only get burned by the stove, but they're going to open up the oven and crawl inside of it and, you know, not be willing to get saved. And hey, that's, you know, that's their personal responsibility in the other direction. Um, what, we, what I don't want to uh, have happen is I don't want to look back at like what we've done at Unchained or what I've done, you know, personally with friends and family outside of work and like have any regrets that I didn't push it or I didn't try to educate, you know? I mean, hey... People get burned after time and time again of saying, hey, move to self-custody. Hold your own keys. Like, you know. Like, There's only so much you can do. Personal responsibility. Um, but at the same time, keep educating, keep working, keep doing what you do on the podcast. I refer it to so many people. Thank you. Uh, not just because I made the, the intro uh, a number of years ago. By the way, I've had I've had like floated the idea during onboarding. Somebody's a really big RHR fan. I'll be like, yeah, I did the intro. Oh, that's so cool. I'm like, yeah. Thinking about giving them a new version and people get mad. They're like, no, don't. Oh, uh, like you got to keep it. I'm like, okay. Well, send me the new version. Okay. People don't like change as is evidenced by people not self-custodying their Bitcoin. True. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, I think like mixing it up every once in a while. It's a good, good idea. I, I, yeah. Obviously we've done a huge rebrand here. Yeah. So I've been months. meaning to ask you uh, before we, um, kind of formally wrap up. What do you think is next? What's next for you? I know TFTC, um, you you put in work with the newsletter, which I also shill to people. Um, but I know you've got the studio now. Uh, RHR is on a different feed. PSA, RHR is on a different yes. podcast feed. If you think Rabbit Hole Recap has not been recorded over the last three weeks, you're, you're not on the right feed. Um, Search Rabbit Hole Recap in your podcasting app. So what's, what's next for you? I mean, as you think about education efforts, media content. I mean, I know I've heard about the Instagram and, and TikTok potentially meeting people where they're at, which I actually kind of tend to agree with. Thank you. Um, just because it's just the message that the, is so ridiculously big of a megaphone. And if there's people out there that are going to be burned, you can save them by meeting them where they're at. Yes. Um, I think you have to meet people where they're at. I don't know. I think I'm just going to try. Can I, can I say something real quick for Matt if he's listening? So I know he's very anti TikTok, uh, but like he, he tweeted a video recently. Uh, he tweet he tweeted a TikTok video. 
seeing the TikTok logo so close to his name was a little bit like Matt. You're uh, a hypocrite. You're <laughs> you're feeding the the demonic beast of social media clickbait. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. No, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm um, sorry. I don't. I'm fucking with you, Matt. Obviously. Uh, I don't know. Just keep doubling down on everything. Um, trying to practice what I preach more. Uh, having more kids. I've been drinking less. Trying to really lean into the circular economy stuff, like yeah. taking more ad money in Bitcoin, creating more SATS flows, yeah. getting deep into the mining weeds. Uh, for the media side of things, uh, uh, there's been a, not a transition, but obviously a lot of the early episodes were hyper-focused on Bitcoin, but now, uh, obviously we're having a Bitcoin conversation now, talking about Unchained and what you guys are building and multi-sig, but I do think my approach from the content side of things, particularly on the interview series, has been to start to branch out to other areas. Obviously, we've been talking a lot about energy. We've been having doctors on the show, and I, I think really leaning into sovereignty and liberty in the digital age outside of Bitcoin just to begin extending olive branches to people who may not be... Um, focused on Bitcoin or are a bit skeptical um, and sort of branching out the the content uh, mix into areas that really focus on freedom and liberty in the digital age and uh, trying to bring all these freedom lovers under one roof or not under one roof, just be like, hey, Bitcoin's part of what you're doing as well. Yeah. And really, because again, like fix the money, fix the world is truly what I believe. And I think a lot of the problems that exist in energy, that exist in the medical world, that exist in education um, are driven by the fact that the money's fucked up. And so yeah. trying to give people a holistic view of, this, maybe even more broadly, it's not really, you don't even have to focus on money. It's just centrally planning complex systems, whether it be energy, food, yep. medicine, money, um, really trying to lean into um, and highlight individuals and people that are, are either doing grassroots movements or explaining why central planning has fucked up very important parts of our life, like energy and food and all that stuff. For sure. I think, uh, I mean, you've been having some awesome guests on the uh, the storefront guy. I forget the mm -hmm. gentleman's name. That was a great Jamie, episode. Jamie, uh, he, he said, don't even try to pronounce my last name because... Uh, <laughs> that was great though. I mean... Yeah, the you know the olive branch uh, analogy or the the way you put that was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm just going there. It's, it's you can view it as that. I can view it as that, or it's just like I'm infinitely curious about many different things. I mean, obviously, energy has been a big focus because I've been going down the mining rabbit hole and learning about energy is mm -hmm. integral to understanding mining from a holistic perspective, and so. That's been a very fun rabbit hole to fall, fall down. Um, have you, um, so I don't know if you, I know you've had like Joe Weisenthal on in the past and on Oddbots for a while, uh, the podcast he does with Tracy Alloway, they had like this whole semiconductor series basically. Mm -hmm. um, now, Joe's views on inflation and some other stuff I'm not a big fan of, but that was a fascinating episode series. I'm a, I, I got to make it clear. I, I, Joe, I consider like an internet friend. He was on the show. We DM every once in a while. Yes, nice. he's antagonistic. 
People have to realize Joe's a massive troll too. Uh, oh yeah, uh, he's he, a, he lures you in with his tweets. I I think so as well. Um, but and he had some really good. They had some really good folks on from the semiconductor industry. Um, so it'd be cool to like yeah branch out into that I do. too. Yes, yeah. The last big semiconductor talk we had on the show was when Ryan Gentry was on. It's almost yeah. two years ago now, or maybe it was like this time last year. Um, but yeah, he worked at Intel. And we got pretty deep in the weeds of how. Intel's Arizona um, foundry work specifically, and like semiconductors are very, very specialized operations. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Um, I learned a lot from listening to those podcasts um, that I didn't know otherwise. So yeah, but like how Bitcoin kind of touches all these other areas, both either in principle or in practical use. Super cool. Um, do you use Ghost for your newsletter? Yes, yes I do. Um, have you had the CEO of Ghost on? No, I have to DM him though. That'd be cool. I think I have DM'd him. He hasn't got back to me. That would be cool. It'd be really, really cool. Yeah, we're cool. building a lot of stuff for your platform, bro. So that's another thing like DJ, um, who's the developer here at TFTC. He's been building a BTC Pay server integration with mm-hmm. Ghost. We're actually going to have a UI overhaul of our Ghost website as well. So, oh, nice. So it'll actually look more like a news site instead of just some random splattering of my thoughts. Uh, yeah, no, it looks good. Yeah. The, um, uh, so that's something, that, yeah. So that's a DJ and I have had a really fun working relationship where it's very, I just get an idea. I'm like, can you integrate PTC pay server into Shopify? He's like, yeah, I'll try. And he does and that. Boom. I'm like, what about ghost? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. Damn. That's a shout out. He's the real MVP. Does he work out of here at the commons? No, he's uh, he's nomadic. Okay, I never know where the fuck he is. <laughs> that that's cool though. DJ, if you're listening, fucking call me. We have we have a catch up call. Oh, do you have to get you have to get here earlier at thirty? So you got five minutes, right? Um, I believe so. All that right. was a yeah scam call that I get a lot oh, of the times. Head down. Um, well, thank God they scam called you. Was five? I would have kept going. <laughs> no, I know I would have kept going too. Um, I had a thought real quickly about uh. Not that I, it's, you know, I'm in a position to say so, but like different interesting guests would be cool. Um, Joe Kelly was recently on uh, Noah Kagan's podcast about just being an entrepreneur and building a company. He'd be cool. I mean, Bitcoin stuff, maybe secondary, yeah, no. but just, yeah. Joe, Joe and I like see each other and all we're like when we're doing this. It'd be awesome. I want to get him and Drew on at the same time though. That's oh, that'd Drew, be sweet. Time Drew's in town. Yeah. We've, yeah, we, we had dinner a few months ago, the three of us. Um, and we were, yeah, we, Joe and Drew, we need to make this happen. For sure. That would be awesome. Thank you again for having me on. This was fun. Talk about self-custody. You know, if anybody has questions about, you know, multi-sig, we're here at the concierge team. We love doing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm a happy customer. Uh, happy user. I actually set up another vault yesterday. Nice. For a company I have. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it works. I mean, our product and engineering teams are hard at work. There's some cool things uh, being worked on. I mean, our ultimate goal, secure generational wealth um, in the best way possible. Yeah. And um, if you're running a business too, like, yeah, I, I use it for that as well. And it works well. And you, the peace of mind it can't be understated No, or overstated. It can't be overstated. It can be understated. I always get those two mixed up. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. Apocalyptic. <laughs> Shout out to uh, to Katie. She's listening. And this is uh, this is how you you end it where you began it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. No, thank you, Marty, for having me on. Though this was really well, really cool. Thank you for listening. Thank you for contributing to the podcast with the, the intro. And uh, no, it's crazy to see. Uh, there's just some 
some dude in my DMs like, hey, I made this intro for you. It's like now <laughs> you're crushing yeah. it on chain. You're you're on the show uh, because of merit, because you're doing fucking incredible things, educating and onboarding people. So keep crushing it yourself. Yeah, thank you. Let's get a billion uh, billion folks set up with private keys. That's the goal now. I mean, it has been the goal, but now it's going to be uh, center stage. So let's make it happen, freaks. We'll get there. I'll come back on when we're at a billion. This is going to be a bit awkward uh, of an ending because car isn't here. So I'm going to. I'm going to say my, my end spiel and then I'm going to get up and hit stop record on the computer over there, but enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy your weekend. We're going to win freaks. Peace and love.